Welcome to the Critical Conversations podcast. My name is Brianna Reesing, and I'm a critical care nurse with a true passion for preventative health. I've seen firsthand the impact that poor diet and lifestyle choices can have on us long-term. So with each episode, we'll dive deeper into the realities of our healthcare system, what preventative health truly entails, and what you can do about it. All right. Hey guys, this is Bree. Welcome back. We are going to dive right in and I'm so excited to introduce you to one of the newest guests slash co-hosts slash recurring people that you're going to get to know and love on this podcast. I'm so excited to expand the community and the conversation on a deeper level than we've ever gone before. And I think this girl is going to be the best person to help us get there. Amanda Huggins, otherwise known as The Feisty Yogi on Instagram and on her website, thefeistyyogi.com. Amanda and I connected, I think at this point, potentially two years ago in the Instagram community. We've met up in person multiple times for lunch and dinner and yoga and different things in, in LA where we live. Just a little background on her. She grew up in New Jersey. She's living out here now in LA and she started her career completely outside of the yoga and meditation space. She started in a tech startup. She can tell you a little bit more about that and how she transitioned, but she has fully accepted and adapted to a new way of life and a new approach. And she is freaking killing it. I'm motivated by her every day. And you can find her if you live in the LA area at multiple studios. She's at Industry Yoga, Ceremony Meditation, True Yoga, and even online, she has videos available for you at Ice Water Yoga. So, Amanda, I know you're on the other end there. I'm going to let you introduce yourself (laughs) a little bit more. Welcome to Critical Conversations. I'm so excited to have you. And let's dive into this a little bit. Let's make this episode about you and kind of how this came full circle and how you got here and what motivated you along your own personal journey to discover yoga and meditation and just the mindfulness of it all? Totally. Well, first of all, thank you so much. I'm like (laughs) on the other end. So for those of you at home listening, Brie and I are in our own respective houses or apartments. And so I'm hearing her talk and I'm on the other end, like wanting to say, stop it. You're so nice. (laughs) Um, Practice in self-control because I know that you're talking. So I'm like, Amanda, one-sided here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to, to be on here and and co-host with you guys. And, and yeah, so we'll get into my story. Um, I am currently a full-time anxiety and self-worth coach and yoga and meditation teacher. And I, I sort of created the job of an anxiety and self-worth coach on my own because as Brie mentioned, I grew up on the East Coast. I did the whole New York City thing for a while. I was in SF. And then I eventually came down here to LA where I've been for about five years now. Um, But I was clearly not always a yoga and meditation teacher. I was in the tech space and in startups. And for anyone at home listening, um, you know, startups are, are, if, if you work in one, you know that they're quite crazy and you wear a bunch of different hats. And you know, I'm I'm a I'm a goal oriented person, and I actually really like pressure. I like momentum, and so it like totally fueled me for a long time until it didn't, and I realized that I was like 
wildly stressed yeah. and really dispassionate. I can, I can relate to that with the history in my career so much too. You push yourself until you realize you're pushing yourself too far onto the other edge. <laughs> totally. I mean, you must experience that so much in the hospital where like you can't actually check out. You have other people's lives in your hands. There's responsibilities. And and so even if you, obviously you love being a nurse, um, but I, I realized that I didn't love being in startups anymore. Yeah. And... I really found like yoga as as sort of an outlet, um, and I, I was actually telling Brie before we started that yoga classes used to intimidate me more than you know. Yeah. Like I would walk, I would basically force myself to go to classes. I would be shaking, like so so nervous, afraid that I was getting judged, afraid that people were like staring at me and I was doing things wrong. And same. You know, it took me years to agree to go to my first yoga class because I was so nervous that I wasn't going to be good enough, that I wasn't flexible enough, that people were gonna be watching me. And it's so far from the truth. Like everyone's there for their own reasons in their own space. And it's truly the most supportive community I've ever found in in all of LA and across the country in different spaces too. But truly in LA, it's it's one of the most supportive communities there is. And, and what I love about like that that initial mindset that you mentioned, and I think a lot of people have that. But really, what that tells you is it has nothing to do with the space you're walking into. It has everything to do with how you currently view yourself. Yes. And the question to ask is, well, why are you judging yourself so hard? Why, where is, where is the discontent within you that's allowing your self-talk to be the way that it is? That's allowing you to not be fully in your power and be fully comfortable with what you're doing. That's so beautiful. Um, you said that so well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, and that, that was totally like the transformational thing for me. So yoga, you know, it, that, practice led to me becoming a teacher. And through that, I just wound up meeting like so many, you know, we're lucky in LA. It's, it's like the Mecca right. of, of personal development and yoga and spirituality and all this stuff. So I like dove headfirst into every community that I could. Um, what got you is, interested in your first class? Like if you went from never going and being terrified of it, do you remember like the person that brought you or like the moment that made you decide to like give yoga a chance and kind of open your awareness of it all? Oh yeah. My girlfriend, Brittany, who I went to college with. So we went to uh, Marist College in upstate New York. If anyone on the East Coast knows where <laughs> that is, go Red Foxes. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it was like a total, total party school. And like I, you know, part of my past is that I was like a wild child. I was such a wild child. And Brittany got me into yoga in San Francisco. And it's funny because through yoga, we both set off on like different paths as healers and as teachers. That is like a complete shift from where we started off. But yeah. I think that's like... The beautiful thing is I actually have someone from my quote unquote past who like has been with me and supported me through like all of these crazy transitions and all of the discomfort that comes with self-discovery. And it's, it's, it's nice to have like someone who's known you the whole time. So she got me into yoga, but she also stayed with me throughout everything. Yeah, and so that's awesome. you kind of have like a, a support system. 
So you started kind of playing around with it when you were in New York, but you didn't really start taking it seriously until you were out here in LA and like really stressed with your job and the positions that you were in. And it made you then from the experiences you were having in your yoga classes every now and then pursue learning it on a deeper level and becoming a teacher yourself. Yeah, it was total serendipity. I'm like such a the universe sends me signs all the time type of person, <laughs> even if it's like clearly not a sign. I'm like, oh, that was a sign. The universe is talking to us Same. right now. Uh, <laughs> it drives but, my husband crazy, but I genuinely intuitively believe in it. I think that the universe is constantly sending us signals, whether or not we're paying attention to them at the right time in our lives. That's a whole nother story. Oh, that's that's the work always is like keeping your your eyes open. For the it awareness of open. it. Um. But I literally, I love telling this story because it's like the perfect example. I, you know, I was in LA, I was having a really rough time. Like I had transitioned and I, I was lucky in that I had good friends out here, but I just was not happy with me. I yeah. had like, I was coming off the tail end of just like a super toxic relationship and I don't know, I was still like kind of in a partying phase and was just not, I just didn't feel right. And I, I, that morning I had a thought like, you know, I really could do like a teacher training or something. Like I need a material shift to happen in my life. And lo and behold, I just got chills again. Um, lo and behold, I walk into class and this teacher is like, just so you know, I have a couple more spots for my teacher training that starts next week. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, I have to do this. I just had that thought. And that's so that, awesome. Yeah, and it, I, that teacher is Dan Ward at Brian Kiss Power Yoga, and he, like, became, like, a big brother, a mentor to me, and, like, totally set my yoga career um, off. He, like, set me up and made me feel so comfortable, and, and I learned so much from him. It was just, like, pure universe in action. Now, did you originally go into yoga teacher training with the goal of leaving your career and doing it full time? Or did you just want to understand the practice and understand yourself and everything on a deeper level? What was your insight into that? That's a great question. So I like, I conceptually wanted to be a yoga teacher, but there was a big part of me that just didn't think that it was going to be possible. I didn't think that I would be good enough. I didn't think that I could financially support myself. And, you know, LA is a very competitive market. Crazy competitive. Yeah. It's, it's like comical actually. (laughs) But, um, so like, yes, I quote unquote wanted to, but I didn't believe I could. And that is a really critical thing to take away is that even if you like 80% believe in yourself and like 80% think that something is possible, it actually cannot happen because there is still a 20% of you that is attached to the way that you were or attached to these false stories about what you can create. And so the first year or two of me, quote unquote, being a teacher, I didn't actually feel like one because I was still holding on to my own limiting beliefs. And it was an enormous process to break through all of my like emotional things. Like, why do I feel like I'm not good enough? Why do I feel like I won't be able to financially support myself? How can I create a career that not only makes sense for me, but really, really helps other people? And that's 
when I started to do that work and that digging, which is like wildly uncomfortable and wildly confronting, um, that was really when I actually started to feel like a teacher because I, I started to understand my voice and how I wanted to teach and how I wanted to help people. And that's really when things started to actually feel good and make sense. That's so awesome. I mean, I think you nailed it on the head that we all have these thoughts and ideas and beliefs of what we want to do and what we think we can do. But there's always also that voice that holds us back, that tells us we're not good enough, that we don't have the time to do it, that the financial side of things isn't right. And we talk ourselves out of most things that could potentially be the thing that mm-hmm. fills us up and just, you know, it. We're constantly pushing back on all the amazing things that could be. And I feel myself doing that as well. This podcast, as you guys know, that have been listeners since the beginning, we took a big break in the summer to just kind of figure things out. And when Laura told me she wasn't able to show up with me every week, it was a big hit. And I didn't feel like I could do it alone. And I had to sit with that for a while before I decided which way I wanted to approach it and whether or not I was even going to continue it. But I have this inner message within me that I feel the need to share the knowledge and experience that I'm learning in the life that I'm living. And I know it can help people on a deeper level, but it's a internal battle every day, whether or not it's worth it or whether or not I should show up, whether or not I should hit that record button and just swallow my pride a little bit (laughs) and just go forward. (laughs) Amanda knows it took like five minutes for me to be like, okay, let's do it. I'm ready. Cause I'm constantly nervous. I don't, I don't feel like the message is good enough or that I'm good enough or that this podcast will ever be good enough. But there's also that side of me that knows that it will. And I'm, I'm in that process of figuring that all out. <laughs> I, I, and honestly, Brie, I just got chills because this is, that's, that in a nutshell is why I love you so much because you're, <laughs> no, it's true because what you just shared is so real yeah. like that, that you're not sugarcoating it, that this is easy or that, that, you know, you don't doubt yourself. And that's, I think where nowadays, and this is, a big part of the work that I do with my one-on-one clients is working on the understanding that we are human and meant to experience a spectrum of emotions. So it's not that, you know, as, as Instagram might, might make it seem, it's not that everything is perfect all the time or that we're all like (laughs) drinking green smoothies and like (laughs) lounging on the beach. There is serious uh, moments of self-doubt and moments of struggle and, the trick or the the functional shift is that you show up and you make a choice to move forward no matter what yeah. because you still know that there is so much potential that you are the creator or the author of your own life and that's a really scary concept for people but it's like something that i personally have to live because it's the concepts that I teach. So if right. I don't live it, I literally cannot teach it. I would be a fraud. Um, but 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 you you hit the nail on the head. Like you go through waves. You go through a spectrum of you know oscillations between self doubt and self empowerment. It's not about removing all of the negative stuff. It's about shortening the intensity and the duration of those moments, taking what you can learn from them and then coming out so much better, so much smarter on the other side. Yeah, it's powerful. And I've learned that. And honestly, I've, I have 
experienced a lot of that self-doubt and then coming around to the other side of it and empowering myself to move forward because of my yoga classes I go to and the yoga teachers I have had the experience of learning from, the mindset shifts when you start to think outside of yourself. And it's allowed me to just kind of pursue these things and pursue something larger than just my day in, day out career. We all can get stuck in the routine of wake up, make breakfast, drive to work, come home, make dinner, shower, go to sleep. And it's just becomes this ever revolving door. And that that's okay for some people. And that's totally fine. But for me, I felt like I was missing something and I needed a a bigger platform, a bigger way of expressing myself and sharing knowledge for the world because I pursued nursing in the career that I'm in because I have an inner need to help other people. And the handicaps of the healthcare industry have held me back for long enough that I feel like I've had to stay quiet. And this this process and this way has allowed me to share that message differently. And I've, I feel right now that it's the right thing. So I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're supporting that with me. And I think I'm mostly excited to have you be part of this with me because it's expanding the message around health and wellness to a different level than just food and nutrition. Like so many people get caught up on the health and wellness space usually starts with learning about food and nutrition and then developing an exercise regimen and getting into the gym or going out for a walk or a run. And there's so much more to that. And you can do little bits of each of those things, but if you're not doing the inner work on yourself, the things that Amanda is able to help people with, with her anxiety coaching, but also just with a simple yoga class or meditation on a Sunday morning, it, those are the things that really help us come full circle in the health and wellness space. And I, that's why I fully support and adore the message that you share. I Well, first, thank you. And, and I love what you said about... Um, like that, that sort of transition, you know, from like understanding your health to maybe trying a workout class to then doing like the mind body stuff where yeah. you're fully integrating your experience. Um, it, there's, there's a phrase that I use that was given to me that you can meditate all day, but if you're not working on the stuff that you're meditating over, then you're kind of just sitting in dirty water. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the goal with all of this stuff, whether it's health or you know, physical health or mental health, which I, I believe is just as important, you know, like right. we, we talk so, so fluidly about what you do if you get a cold and you're, you know, you're feeling a little under the weather, but we're not quite yet as open about when you're feeling a little emotionally under the weather. Right. Um, and that's something that I'm really excited to like help change because again, like you said, whether it's through just a yoga practice or much more of that, like deeper work, there's always something new to explore that when you explore it, when you break it down, it's not just a, a siloed experience. The way that you approach your mental health and your, your, you know, meditation practice affects how you show up at work. Right. It affects how you show up in the choices that you make uh, with what you eat, the choices that you make with the types of, of workout classes you do and, and vice versa. And that's why I, I love this pairing too, is because none of our stuff is disconnected. Everything we do is like so deeply, deeply interconnected. 
And I think that we're kind of in a place now where more and more people are starting to not just understand that, but they're willing to explore that from like a multifaceted type of approach. I think that's true, but I don't think it's as big as we think it is because we were were in this like LA wellness bubble Mm -hmm. and everyone's exploring all aspects of it. But I do think that this message in itself is going to be new for a lot of people, that it's more than just the organic food you're choosing to buy or the 30-minute workout you commit to doing every day. Like I've seen all ends of the spectrum where people are so, what's the word, like just so into the food on their plate and what they're buying and what they're eating that it doesn't allow space for any other thoughts or ideas around their health. And they might not even be going to the gym or yoga or even going for a walk every day because they're so preoccupied by the food that they're eating. And they feel that that's what's in their power and that's what they can control. And that might be true, but that's that's such a small part of it. And I think Mm -hmm. when I started on this journey myself, food was the gateway for me to start learning a little bit more. I first learned about the difference between organic and conventional and that kind of opened my eyes and then organic and non-GMO and what a GMO was and that opened my eyes and the quality of the ingredients I was buying and it just it was a process from there but then I really that's just such a small part and then I got into exercise and started joining like different communities on Instagram where there's fitness groups and people really encouraging each other to work out every day But then there's some people that work out every day and they don't eat well because they feel like they can eat whatever they want because they're working out hard enough and that's good enough. And there's just so many disconnects in this space. And with critical conversations, I feel like this is just going to come full circle and show that it's all necessary and it's all part of it. And you don't have to be strict about any one single thing. It's just about being open-minded and aware of all aspects of what health can truly look like for us. I I love that you added um, that we don't need to be strict because that was actually one of the more frustrating factors for me was that it always felt like I had one part of my quote unquote life routine in check. It was like I was either eating really well or working out really well or meditating really well, quote unquote. You know, you can never be like a good meditator. It's it's, (laughs) it's all subjective. But... um, I felt like I had to be so strict when I was in just one of those silos. And, you know, thanks to the ability to, like, be exposed to and be connected to people from all different aspects of education, whether yeah. it's food or or physical movement or emotional digging, um, it's through that understanding of all of the different modalities where I've, I've really released the grip on myself personally and, like, been able to drop into this more flow state of how I approach those aspects of my life that it doesn't have to be like I'm not calorie counting I'm not stressing about the how many classes I go to it's just like all right let's be good to ourselves let's put good food in our body be good to other people and like really everything else softens and becomes a heck of a lot easier yeah yeah when you just become more aware and accepting and just the knowledge is power. Yes. You need to know about the food and the fitness side of things and the meditation and the yoga. And like, it's, it's really interesting to dive in and learn about all these things, but then also adapting to 
your schedule and what your life looks like and what works for you. And just being open to all of the possibilities that you might have a really stressful job and you might work 14 hours a day. Going to the gym at the end of the day probably might not be the best thing for you. It's just going to increase your cortisol and stress your body out even more. Maybe you are the person that needs to be a little bit more open-minded about coming home and sitting down and meditating for 10 minutes before you get in the shower or before you go to bed and just adapting to different parts of the health and wellness puzzle, depending on the lifestyle that you're living. Yeah. And I think also not at sacrificing, at the cost of sacrificing who you are. Right. Um, because that's a good point. like that's, that's how my handle, the feisty yogi even came about because you know, I, I was super sick and tired of just seeing like the same photo on Instagram. It was like a skinny white blonde girl on a beach doing <laughs> yoga in a crazy pose. And listen, like I am a stereotype. You just explained I'm, some most of my pictures except for without the yoga poses. <laughs> right, but like, so, so you see my point is like that's, that's the LA stereotype. Yeah, it is. You, you don't fall into that bucket. Um, <laughs> um, but I felt really confused and like really lost for a while because I was like, I don't, you know, I want to have a yoga practice. I want to be a teacher. I want to support people, but I'm not that. Like, I, I, I'm not the perfectly polished, perfectly everything. And so, like, a big part of my, my process, too, was taking what I wanted out of yoga and meditation and, and being a teacher and actually adapting it to who I was so that the process still felt very real and authentic because it, it, it's easy to kind of become like a carbon copy. So if you're like on Instagram looking at fitness influencers all the time and you're like, well, I have to be exactly like that to be a fitness person or right. I have to make perfectly decorated smoothies to take care of my body. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's just like adapt it to, to you. Make, make yourself priority number one and then like you integrate all of the pieces that you like from from health, wellness, yeah. fitness, whatever. Pulling inspiration from those mo modalities is the most powerful tool we have. Like the world of Instagram and just the internet in general has allowed us to, to share so many different types of messages in so many different types of ways and just hoping that the people that need to hear them will discover them and find them. But some of the messages might be wrong. Some of them might be hurtful. Some of them might be fake. A lot of people are putting on a false persona to do what they think they that you want to see them doing and it might not even be the life that they're living at all but you're trying your best to live up to them when really mm -hmm. all they're doing is posing in front of cameras and living a leading a fake persona to appear one way but behind the camera they're sad they're like emotionally disordered they're binge eating they're not working out they might be in their pajamas all day staring at the wall when they're not in front of the camera because they're so disconnected from what's truly mm -hmm. important to them and that's something I had to really like through the years of my experience just personally and I call working at the hospital my human social experiment because I get exposed to all different types of people on a daily basis and I really get to learn and take home insight and inspiration from each and every one of them as far as what their perspective on the world is and what they think is possible for them at that time in their life. And it's just, it's really interesting when you start opening your eyes to seeing how other people are 
trying to allow you to perceive them when they're not even really comfortable with who they are or what they're doing. Totally. I mean, that's like that concept I would actually love to get into on a separate episode because one of the biggest tenets that I teach is that people are mirrors of you. So like when you see something that angers or triggers or activates you in someone else, that it's actually just teaching you something. In the same way that if you love and appreciate something about someone, that's signaling that you want or have that quality in yourself. And so if you can look at every person that you meet and every account that you follow, every type of of wellness modality as just an opportunity to learn more about yourself, then I think that's like an enormous win. Yes. I love that. I think I'm just going to end it right there. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That was powerful. Um, thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for showing up. Um, And as you guys know from the last episode, when I kind of told you about all the new changes that are happening, Amanda's going to be coming back. This is not a host interviewing a guest one time, one and done, and she's gone. I want you guys to learn to get to know her, to learn from her and learn to love her as much as I do. So (laughs) please reach out. You can find her on Instagram at the feisty yogi. How do you spell it? F-E-I-S-T-Y. It's like the one word that does not abide by the I before E rule, which is so annoying. (laughs) So the feisty yogi uh, on Instagram, thefeistyyogi.com. She's also offering anxiety coaching programs that you can access online. Can they find that on your website? Yeah, so you can find it on my website. I also have a link in my Instagram bio that basically outlines like Everything going on, online workshops, um, my one-on-one coaching via Zoom or Skype and all of that other good stuff. So it's basically Instagram is the hub. Okay. That's the easiest place to find her and connect with her. And please reach out to me and message me if there's something you feel like would be appropriate for Amanda and I to discuss from this point forward. If there's a topic that you want to know more about or just questions you might have don't hesitate to ask. You can find me and the Critical Conversations podcast on Instagram at Critical Conversations. Utilizing comments or direct messages is probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. Or you can email contact at criticalconversationspodcast.com. And if you reach out to Amanda, let her know that you discovered her on Critical Conversations. I want to grow this community. And I think it's so awesome that so many of you are still showing up. And thank you. Amanda will be back. This is episode number one with her, but there will be so many more. Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Have a good day, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.